What's up, guys? This is Dalton Kilpatrick, and this is Financial Trades Podcast, host here on the podcast and all the other episodes that will be coming your way. Now, this podcast is going to be hosted on Spotify and on YouTube, so when we're done with this, make sure you give us a follow so you are all up to date on when we post these podcasts, right? Okay, guys, so today I'm going to be talking about a little bit on indicators, right? Let's just talk about indicators because this is going to be a stock market podcast. Uh, it is also going to be a wealth creation podcast, and we are going to have co-hosts on here as well, right? Uh, we're going to have full-time traders on here to explain to you how to become more profitable in the stock market and some of their stories which led them to become full-time traders and how they ended up trading in the stock market. Let's talk about some indicators. So what are some main indicators that people love to use in the stock market? And let's go over do's and don'ts, right? So some of the main indicators that you probably heard of, and if you haven't heard of, that's totally fine as well, is going to be the MACD, right? The MACD stands for Moving Average Convergence Divergence. To me, it is a momentum indicator. It shows you bullish and bearish signs with the histogram and stuff like that. Now, this indicator right here is not bad. There's a lot of traders out there that still use this indicator. Uh, me, personally, I do not use this indicator. Uh, I actually don't use almost zero indicators. I use EMAs, which stand for Estimated Moving Averages. Those are also directional indicators. Some use them for oversold and overbought as well. Uh, I use them as directional so I have the EMA 200 and the EMA 9 on my chart. Now, these two indicators are what, are what I use to trade because I've been trading for a long time, and these are the indicators that help me the most. Uh, it's the 9 EMA and the 200, and they provide me with a lot of value with trading directional movements. Now, the MACD, it's not bad. Uh, the only problem with the MACD is there's a lot of indecisiveness in the indicator, it's not always predictable, and it's just a little bit laggy, right? If you trade indicators, you kind of know a little bit of what I'm talking about here. Uh, the MACD follows price, uh, as so does any indicator, right? Indicators follow price, and the only thing that price follows is price. Price follows price, indicator follows price. So therefore, what I mean by that is price moves first, and the indicator comes lagging behind it, right? So Price moves, then the indicator moves. So now after telling you that, you can kind of see how indicators cannot be too useful and helpful, but rather used on what they're meant to be used for, which is an indication. They shouldn't be used for entries and other things like that. They are solely for indication on where the stock might be going, and they should be looked at as a helpful tool to become more profitable, but not really take over your full trading strategy, right? Okay, guys, so let's get more into the MACD. So like I said, the MACD is the moving average convergence uh, divergence indicator. It's a momentum indicator that shows a relationship between two exponential moving averages. Now, the moving averages are obviously you can change, but they're set between the 26 and the 12 and it basically shows you direction, momentum, and the duration of the trend in a stock's price, right? So that is how you would trade with the MACD. Uh, the MACD is not bad. It is used by a lot of these traders out here. Now, like I said, I don't frankly use it. 
but there is another indicator that a lot of people use that we can also talk about is the RSI indicator. Now, RSI stands for Relative Strength Index. It is a strength indicator, right? Uh, so the RSI on how I would use it, it, you're stuck between, I would say, the 20 and it's either the 20 and the 70, right? Uh, when you add the indicator on your chart, uh, you have 20 to 70 and you have a line. Now, that line is basically a line that tells you whether or not you're oversold or if you're overbought. Now, there's ways to play the RSI. Normally, people play it just like this. If the RSI line, the strength line, is up at 70, you would consider the stock overbought and it should come down. Now, the reason why this indicator is not too well is because, well, not every time it comes down when it's oversold, right? So when the stock becomes oversold and the RSI is all the way up at the 70, it doesn't have to come down right then and there. Now, like I said, these are indicators. They indicate something and they just make you, they should be used as an indication rather not for entries and exits. And that's why technical analysis and knowledge on how to actually trade stocks price is much more reliable and useful to you rather than indicators. Uh, so if you were trading the RSI and the uh, the RSI line was up at the 70 you would consider the stock overbought and it should come down. Now, it doesn't always come down, especially uh, determining on market strength and market direction. A lot of times the stocks will stay overbought for, I mean, it, it can do it for a couple of days. I've seen it. And that right there can really make you lose trades if you're focusing only on the indicator and not on market direction and market strength. Uh, that goes for the opposite side, right? If the RSI is down at the bottom, and the RSI is considered oversold, it can stay at the bottom for a couple days and it could allow you to lose trades because you're only basing off an indicator rather than market strength and market direction, right? So if we are in a bear market and we are selling off based off news, you will see this RSI say that we are oversold for multiple days in a row, especially if the stocks are falling based off news, direction, and momentum, right? There's going to be a lot of sellers. I've seen it, especially in this bear market here recently. Uh, I've seen the RSI stay at the bottom for a couple days. Uh, I've also seen the RSI stay at the top for a couple days. Some of these, uh, let's just say, face ripper uh, weeks that we have in this bear market where the stocks just fly high and go through the roof. Now, there is another indicator that I I trade off of 100%, and that is going to be the volume indicator. Now, the volume indicator I use is not just an average volume indicator, but it's rather... Uh, Buying and selling volume. So it doesn't just show us the volume, like how many people are trading the security, but rather how, well, what's the percentage between buyers and sellers and how many there are. So the buying and selling volume tells me how many people are trading the security and then it splits it between buyers and sellers. So it tells me how many sellers are going on versus the buyers. And I believe that's super, super useful. I believe that's 10 times useful than the RSI and the MACD because when you truly know how to trade volume, uh, the buying and selling volume can be a huge help to you as a experienced trader or a new beginner trader, right? If you're a new beginner trader, I will recommend learning volume first before uh, trading with this indicator. Uh, I would back test it if I was you. 
backtest all your strategies, backtest all your indicators, right? Uh, people shouldn't be putting indicators on their chart and trading them without backtesting. Now, what is backtesting? And let me let me say something about backtesting because with these indicators, almost every single time, people will come to me and say, hey, Dalton, I found this new indicator and I backtested it. Well, I said, well, how how'd you do that? And they said, well, I went back on the chart and I looked at how many times it worked. And I said, well, that is backtesting. Uh, you're going back and you're looking to see how many times it's worked to see how profitable you'd be, right? That's backtesting. That's where you go back and you test it. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, the only problem with that is this right here, is what I said at the beginning, is pr- uh, indicators follow price and price follows price. So when you go back and you backtest these indicators, it will seem as if it works. Why? Because the stock has already gone in that direction. The stock has already done what it needs to do. Therefore, the indicators already followed it. It's already caught up. It's already, it's already moved with price. So when you go back and you backtest these indicators, it's going to look almost perfect to the chart. And you're going to be like, wow, it's so accurate that I could have, I could have made thousands of dollars just by using this one indicator. But the only problem with that is, is what I just said, because if you go back and you backtest an indicator, but you do it in real time, I bet it's a little different. Why? Well, that's because you're going to see all the indecisive periods on which that indicator gives you while trading when the stock price is going up and down. And that right there would really show you why indicators don't always work. Uh, now, I'm not going to sit here and bash indicators because there's, there's a lot of people that really, really enjoy indicators, but you must understand that price moves based off price and indicators, and indicators follow price. So price will always do it first and indicators will follow, you, follow therefore making the indicator look like it's unstoppable, but they're, they're, really, they're not all perfect. Uh, you must backtest them while the stock is live because then you'll really see the imperfections of the indicator and how many false signals it actually gives you. Uh, the MACD is a good one. <laughs> the MACD is a good one. So, so the MACD has those has those two lines uh, on them. When they cross, it basically tells you there's a change in direction. So, when the two lines cross, it it tells you there's a change in direction and you should follow it and whatever between bearish uh, or bullish and bearish. But the thing is, is I've traded the MACD during live markets and. A lot of times those lines will get right up on top of each other and they will practically look crossed. And as soon as that, as soon as price goes the other way, these lines that were once closed will then separate. And you'll be like, well, that was weird. That was definitely a false signal because if I was, if I was going with that based off, based off the indicator, not price, I probably would have got faked out. Uh, so those are the top three indicators that I would like to review. Uh, those are really well-known indicators, buying and selling volume, which aka is just volume, but it shows you buying and selling. Then you got the MACD, which is the moving average convergence divergence. It's the momentum, strength, and directional uh, indicator. And then you have the RSI, which is an overbought and oversold, and which is also a directional indicator uh, and, and momentum indicator as well. 
normally people pair the RSI with the MACD, and normally almost everybody has the volume indicator on their chart. But like I said, this is the buying and selling volume. You can find the buying and selling volume on TradingView. That is on on that is the platform on which I chart on. I believe has it. Weeble has the standard volume indicator. So that is good to know that I do use it on TradingView. Uh, TradingView is a great platform. If you are a beginner, I do recommend Weeble. Uh, Weeble is a great beginner uh, platform. Why? Because it is a brokerage and a platform at the same time. So not only do you view charts and and trade on it, but you also have your brokerage, your account, and, and your money in it too. So you can trade, you can trade options, you can view charts, and you can do it all on one platform rather than looking at TradingView and then having to go trade on Weevil, right? Then you're using two different platforms all differently and stuff like that. So so that is a little bit about indicators on which I would like to go over. Uh, let's see. There is one more indicator that I used to use on Weevil that's quite useful. So it's going to be the slow stotch. So the slow stotch is super, super interesting as well. Uh, I paired the slow stotch with the MACD and the RSI, and it worked uh, extremely well. I didn't expect it to work that well, but if you are going to use the MACD and the RSI on Weevil, highly recommend using the slow stotch on there because that slow stotch really takes away a lot of that undecisiveness. Because, like I said, so the RSI trades between like I think the thirty or the twenty and the seventy. So twenty to seventy, when it's up around the seventy, it's considered oversold or overbought, and it should come down. When it's down at the twenty or the thirty whatever it is, uh, it is considered oversold and it should go back up. Now, what happens when the RSI is in the middle? A lot of times it can go to the middle and it can return back to the oversold period. It can go right back down. Uh, So can the MACD. The MACD can cross and then it can recross right after. So considering there's a lot of indecisiveness in the RSI and the MACD and there's a lot of... uh, like I, I would say no trade periods on those indicators. If you pair it with the slow stotch, it takes away some of those undecisive periods on which those uh, indicators give you. And at least two of them will give you a true signal. So so that was my strategy is I use the MACD, the RSI, and the slow stotch. And at least two of them will show you a better perspective on where the stock's going rather than just relying on two and one of them not working. But when you rely on three, there should always be two out of the three that are working and then should give you a true positive sense of direction on where the stock might go. Uh, And that right there is the podcast on indicators. Like I said, guys, this is going to be posted on uh, Spotify and YouTube. If you're interested in the podcast and all our future episodes, make sure you like this video and follow below. Uh, You check out our Spotify as well. And you guys have a great day. That is going to conclude Financial Trades Podcast number one.